Hey, good afternoon. What's going on? Coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. I'm Bick, behind the glass, Dom and Ben, who are laughing at me. What's going on, guys? Ben was pulling down the wrong pot. Oh. That's why it was so loud. I'm like, why isn't it going lower? <laughs> Good start. Good start to the week. If you want to be part of the show, always encourage you to be part of the show. 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you. In Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. And we're actually going to do a thing on the show today, so we encourage you to text in. Should we just tell them what it is right now? Or sorry, should I wait? I'll tell you what it is right now. You remember when we used to do Don't At Me? We're doing a modified version of Don't At Me today. We're calling it Free Takes. Things that you can tell us for free. You got a hot take? Drop it into our inbox, 650-650. For instance... I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> for instance, sour cream is terrible. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. You can get in your free takes, your submissions, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Bald is best. Telling me that for free? I'll tell you that for free. Thank you, Ben. Was... Man, you got to cap it with I'll tell you that for free. There's no sense in saying the take. Exactly. Without saying I'll tell you that for I'll free. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> Ben, you got a free take for us? I kind of don't. Sorry. He'll you tell t- you that for free. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> uh, so get those submissions sudden. in. 650, 650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, we'll talk to Brendan Bachelor in a few moments here. But, look, it's, it's, it's been a lot of Horvat talk these last couple of days. And I think by now, over these past couple of years, I hope that you've come to learn I'm not exactly one for sentiment. Like, nostalgia is great when you achieve things and pivotal moments in your life, but for the most part, I'm someone that moves on pretty quick. It might be my radio life, you know, working in the industry for over a decade, moving so many times, cities. You don't pack too many boxes, right? You only take what you need, you leave the rest in the past. A nice way of saying, I can be emotionless. You don't get that way without looking at spreadsheets uh, all day, every day. Hashtag Excel for life. So when everything went down on Saturday, it was never really that high on my emotional register. I get it. Fans are invested. Ultimately, it didn't really matter to me. I kind of said on the show, it's like focusing on the X. It's not in your life anymore. So again, I'm not one for sentiment. That's why it was never really a big deal to me to say something like, hey, you should trade the captain for a couple of years. I'm not one for sentiment. Wins and losses are more important to me than emotion. I compartmentalize and move on. You got things going on in your life, you, you should stay focused on. But this is very much to me a files clear history moment. The Horvat era is over. He lives in New York now, and he wants those fans to love him. He's not coming back. No matter how much you write them, your significant other has moved on. You can make all the phone calls. You can write all the poetry. You can send all the tweets you want. That's done. And we can move on. And we can collectively put our focus on the Vancouver Canucks to the type of raising them to the type of status you want, you crave, 
and to be frank, you deserve. But this being the people show, we're here for you. We're here to serve you. And we're here to talk about what matters to you. So let's actually go through what was said and how it was said. Because tone and, and format and context matters. And I said on Saturday, when athletes are just coming off of a playing surface, think Richard Sherman winning the NFC Championship game. Best moment of his career. And I know this isn't that, but when athletes are competing, Bo Horvat just played for 60 minutes, trying to score goals against the Philadelphia Flyers, in the corners, all that. You're not necessarily in the most rational headspace immediately coming off of the ice. But everything that was said was said, and I think this requires a certain level of investigation. So we can go through this, and and I'm going to break out the Sherlock Holmes. I even brought my Sherlock Holmesian hat here. If you're watching on the stream, it's uh, it's only only elementary. Let me uh, get the the big old-timey jacket, too, here. I'm a fan of the jacket. You like it? Yeah. All right. Thank you, my dear Watson. All right. See you, Dom. I'm Watson. Yeah, Dom, what are you? I'm the narrator. Oh, I see you working. I'll, I'll even got my magnifying glass here. Got all the quotes here. Let's, let's start with uh, everything that was said on Saturday night. Two more regular season games, one more here at UBS Arena. How does this rank for you? Okay, okay, hang on. Stop right there. How does this rank? For all the people that want to say he didn't have to mention Vancouver, he's got to rank it with what he knows. So he only knows Vancouver. He hasn't been there for multiple seasons in New York. So he kind of has to mention Vancouver. That's the first point. Let's, let's keep going here. For you, in playoff pushes, the excitement of this building and the fans' involvement over the last couple of games. Yeah, I mean, it's been unbelievable. It's a lot better than Vancouver. I'll tell you that for free. Oh, tell that for free, by the way. We need those uh, takes later. Again, a lot better than Vancouver. I get it. It hit, it, it hit some wounds for you. Again, for me, I'm emotionless. I can move on. But that's, but that's what was said on Saturday night. Today, to be honest, he kind of walked it back. Or at least justified what was said. Let's, let's play back some of the apology. I'm using that word kind of lightly here. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, no, I wasn't obviously expecting that. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of the heat of the moment thing where. So, okay, okay, you know, stop there. Heat of the moment thing. Again, I just told you, he's competing against Philly, vying for a playoff spot, going for it. You're not in exactly in a rational headspace. Let's keep going here. It was it was kind of the heat of the moment thing where you know, you know I didn't mean any disrespect to the fans of Vancouver. Or, um, okay, okay, stop there, stop there. Is that an apology? I know people talked about it. it's like oh he, he dropped an apology. He just said I didn't mean any disrespect. Like he kind of pulled the Will Ferrell and Talladega Knights. What did you what did you say? Um, what, did that, what was that? Well, well, I said with all due respect. That, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. You, sure, you, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the Geneva Convention. Look it up. It's, not, it's in the Geneva Convention. He, he says I didn't mean any disrespect, but he didn't really say sorry about it. 
Let's keep going. Let's keep going. You know, I didn't mean any disrespect to the fans of Vancouver or um, you know, my teammates or, you know, the, fan, or the, the city of Vancouver at all. You know, it wasn't directed at them at all. It was just, um, you know, it was, the fans were all excited and, and I was excited to be in a playoff push. And, and um, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where my emotions got the best of me. And I was just really happy to be there, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, it might have come out the wrong way um, to a lot of people. So I apologize for that. But so okay, I mean, up there. So he apologizes that it came out the wrong way. Not necessarily about what he said, just just that it came out the wrong way. And again, I've been told by for many people for years, like Bo, when he's talking to the media, he knows what he's saying, he knows what he's doing. So the idea that he also didn't know that you know a microphone might be broadcasted publicly is a bit odd. It's a stadium with a lot of cell phones. He knows, he kind of knows what he's saying. But look, he does say, look, it wasn't directed at my teammates, at my at the city or the fans. So it is a shot at management and the organization but let's move on he, he apologized for uh it coming out the wrong way so i apologize for that but i mean i'm just excited to be in this position right now to be in a playoff push to be you know right there and um you know i i, I really enjoyed my time in vancouver i'm not i'm not trying to disrespect them at all so i think uh you know i'm sorry if it offended anybody but um you know, i'm really happy to be in this position right now i'm really happy to be here and and i just wanted to express that and and uh maybe came like i said came out the wrong way um, to a lot of people, but um, you know, we got another big game here tonight. Two big, important games, and, and hopefully, we can get it. So I'm sorry if it offended anyone, but doesn't apologize for saying it. Just just that it offended you. That's hey, I apologize for offended any anybody, but happy to be in the position I am right now. And then Robobo takes over, and he says, "Hey, big game tonight." All that sort of stuff. That that's what we've seen customarily in Vancouver for all these years. Again, for me, big nothing burger, but for you, that's a wrap on the investigation. I think we can move on. But Bo Horvat didn't really apologize today. He said uh, he was sorry that it came out the wrong way. All right. You know, we, we, we talked about it a lot on the postgame show. We didn't get Brendan Batchelor's thoughts on it, who joins us now from Sportsnet 650. The voice of your Vancouver Canucks. For the games, you'll hear them tonight as well. Because it is a Canucks game day. We're, we're going to be talking about a lot of things today. I don't think we're going to be talking about the game, Batch. How are you? Uh, well, I've eaten a bit too much Easter chocolate over the past couple of days. Let's go. Free. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> are you That's a mini eggs free. guy or a cream eggs guy? I'm a both guy. That's It's a problem. Nah, man. you got to give us I one am. or the other. This is uh, free uh, takes right cream now. Cream eggs. Cream eggs with a gun to my head. Cream eggs, but I'm not not uh, rejecting either option. Let's put it that way. Uh, so, what'd you make of the uh, the whole thing on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's one of those things where I'm not bothered by it, and I always subscribe to the fact that you know the NHL doesn't have enough of these sorts of storylines where where guys say things that are interesting and every time a guy says something that's remotely interesting, he's criticized for it. So, you know, I, I like that Bo Horvat was willing to make that comment. I would like to see him double down on it and not walk it back like he did this morning. But at the same time, he's Bo Horvat. So we all knew he was going to walk it back, but you know what? Why can't he say that he didn't play in a lot of important stretch runs, you know, during his time with the Canucks. 
he is happy to be in an organization where he's wanted that gave him a new long contract and is giving him a chance to potentially play playoff games this year, which the Canucks wouldn't have. I don't see the problem with him being honest about that. And, you know, maybe it was a little bit flippant in the way he said it, but, you know, he's, he's pandering to the crowd there on Long Island. And, you know, he was a, a great player, a key part of this Canucks team, for a number of years, and I know people are wanting to go and relitigate that now and talk about, oh, you know, the teams were never good while he was here, but he was a very good citizen of our province. He was uh, good in the community. Uh, he treated us in the media with respect all the time and did his best on the ice night in and night out. So, you know, that's where... It loses me a little bit as fans getting so upset that they want to go back and say, oh, well, he was never that great anyway. He was a key part of this organization for a number of years. He was a guy that represented the organization and the city with pride and did it well. And he's gone to Long Island where he seems to be very happy. And it was clear the Canucks didn't see him as a part of their future. So I don't have a problem with the comment. I'd like to see more personality like that from players. And you know what? If you're a fan and you didn't like the comment, that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody in the NHL has to be best friends, you know. And, you know, if he hadn't walked it back, then, you know, I might have gone as far as to say that it would be interesting when the Islanders come in next year to see what the fan reaction will be. But, you know, I think by the time that happens, this will be, you know, long in the past and everybody will have forgotten about it and he'll get the nice round of applause and the, the tribute video that, that we all expect him to get. But, you know, what's wrong with not liking a guy on another team or something he says or, you know, having a guy leave your organization and, and wanting him to fail now that he's on the other team? I think that's part of the beauty of being a sports fan. So, you know, if fans are upset about it, great. It means that the game against the Canucks, or between the Canucks and the Islanders next year, the first time it happens, is going to be that much more interesting. And there's a storyline around it for us to talk about. So, you know, I don't have a problem with the Horvat comment, and I don't have a problem with people that don't like it either. I think that's part of sports. It's kind of funny, too, because this happened over the weekend, and in another league, the NBA, like a little a teammate literally punched another guy, and it's it's just another Monday in the NBA, right? They're spicing this <laughs> all the time. And so I'm with you, like, okay, this is fun. Like, this is fun to talk about. And again, I'm I'm downplaying it because it doesn't register for me, but I understand it means a lot for people. But it's it's a little unconventional for the NHL, and yeah, we should be embracing this. Yeah, I think for me, and the way I'm going to say this is going to sound wrong, but like you have to think about it in the sense of a team that you're incredibly emotionally invested in. And I'm not saying that I'm not emotionally invested in the Canucks, but it's different when you work in the media sure. and you cover the team. It's not the same as being sort of that rah-rah fan. So what I was thinking about is how would I have reacted if when Carlos Tevez left Man United and went to City, he said something along the lines of, you know, well, the, the atmosphere at the Etihad is way better than it ever was at Old Trafford. I'll tell you that for free. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I think I would have been pretty pissed at that. So when you think about it in that sort of perspective or, you know, take take whatever example mm-hmm. in your life that you could use that would get you emotionally fired up. Well, Cristiano you know, Ronaldo I, leaving in November. Yeah, and I was mad about that. I, yeah. was, I was pretty fired up. So, and, and then it turned out that that was the best thing for everyone because he's making his billions of dollars in, in Saudi Arabia now, and Man United have 
started to figure things out since he's departed and have turned things in, in the right direction to a certain degree. So, um, you know, I don't want to get us bogged down in, in soccer talk too much because <laughs> I know that's not really what people tune in to listen to us talk about, even though we do it every week. But that was sort of my thinking was, you know, yeah, it's fine to be mad that he said that. But I also like that he said it, too, because it's showing some personality. And I think that's something that at times we've criticized Bo Horvat for is not enough personality. And, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was great. I think it's a good storyline. If you're mad about it, you're fine to be mad about it. And, you know, maybe we'll relitigate all of this next year when the Islanders face the Canucks in Vancouver for the first time. Uh, all right, 7.30 puck drop. I think I misspoke earlier. I said 7 o'clock uh, versus the LA it's Kings. It's a late one, yeah. It's, it's going to be a late one tonight. Uh, and, you know, not that far removed from playing LA all of eight days ago in a 4-1 game. Uh, anything translate from that one to this one for you? Yeah, I mean, the Kings are a pretty good team, and they're ramping up for a uh, uh, what they hope is a long playoff run. They also still have something to play for uh, in that they haven't officially locked up third in the Pacific division yet. They've still got Seattle chasing them. So, um, you know, you, you want to get the highest seed possible, I would imagine, so that you're not one of the wild card teams that have to face a, a division winner. Um, so, you know, the Kings will be motivated. And when I look at this LA team, I think they're, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they go on a bit of a sneaky run here in the playoffs just because of the way they defend and the way they do a lot of the things that Rick Tockett is harping on his Canucks players to do, which is, you know, be patient in the game. Don't get antsy. You know, make the right plays, the smart plays on the boards, uh, the simple little plays that don't make the headlines but allow you to close out victories and when you get a lead you can sort of choke the life out of a game and that kind of is what I felt like the Kings did last week against the Canucks so it'll be a good test for a lot of Vancouver's young players to play you know a playoff team in the sense that um, you know we talked about the Flames being desperate and and wanting to come into Rogers Arena and really push for the win because they needed it so badly I didn't think the game really you know materialized that way Calgary didn't look anywhere near as desperate as I thought they would and in all likelihood, they're not going to be a playoff team now because of the fact that they couldn't get the two points against the Canucks. So this is your last chance to play a team this season that's going to the playoffs. After this, it's Anaheim tomorrow, Arizona on Thursday, and then it's done. So for the Akito Hiroses and the Cole McWard and the Vitaly Kravtsovs and Jack Stutnikas and guys that are still trying to prove something here late in the year, this is your last real big chance to do it against it's going to be playing and potentially on the Horvat stuff really took the attention off of what should have been the Kuzmenko stuff, and we didn't really, you know, <laughs> see the discourse over that for the past twenty four, thirty six hours. But today, like he finds himself on the first line again with with Elias Pettersson, and you know the. the the thing that we, we get a lot is, well, if he's benching him, why doesn't he bench the Myerses of the worlds and whatnot? And I, I think the point I would try to make often is the people that they're really invested in are the ones that they're trying to give the tough love to. Like the people that are going to be here beyond next season and to try to get the best version of that player for when it is about winning is the one that they're being tough on. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, there's two things I'd say to that. First of all, how are they going to bench Myers when they played 16 defensemen this year and they've got two guys who have played under five games in the league 
in the lineup, and they're playing Nikita Hirose 20-plus minutes right now. So, you know, uh, some of that is situational, although I understand the point you're making about, you know, certain guys get benched and certain guys don't. And I agree that I think as much as it seems counterintuitive, if you're being punished by the coach, it often is because they see you as being a part of things in the long term or they see you as having a lot of potential that you're not realizing. And, you know, uh, maybe that's not the the best way to put it because Kuzmenko, you know, is a, a 30 plus, potentially a 40 goal scorer this year. But this comes back to what Rick Tockett has talked about since the day he arrived, saying that there are non-negotiables that he needs his players to carry out in order for this team to have success and to play the way that he wants them to play. And, you know, for Kuzmenko, he is going to be a big part of this team next year. He's one of their best offensive producers. He's had a ridiculous shooting percentage this year. You know, they're going to need him, both at even strength and on the power play and to produce points. But they don't want it to happen at the expense of some of the giveaways and the poor puck management and the inability to get pucks deep and some of these other things that we could all see in Kuzmenko's game but maybe go a little bit more under the radar because of the offense he produces and the excitement with which he plays in the offensive end of the ice. He was voted the Canucks' most exciting player this season, and rightfully so. I think he has been. But exciting can be bad, too, right? Like, if you're turning the puck over in bad areas and there's an exciting chance for the other team, that's not what you want to see. And... You know, even though he's an older player, it's his first year in the NHL. Obviously, the way they treat defense in Russia and the KHL is very different. And it's clear that he still has room to improve. And I think, you know, a benching of the severity of what we saw with Kuzmenko the other night, which was essentially what, the last 18 minutes of the third period plus all of overtime. And then he ended up, you know, being the first guy out over the boards in the shootout. But that was essentially. You know, other than that, his night was done two minutes into the third period because he gave the puck away a couple times. I think you see the added degree of, if you want to call it punishment, call it that, or, you know, holding him accountable. It's because these are the things that Rick Tockett has been talking about with Kuzmenko since the day he arrived or since the first handful of games, once he got a feel for the kind of player Kuzmenko was, and yet these things continue to happen. And so... You know, there are all sorts of ways you can work with these guys. You can, you know, do lots of video with them, which I'm sure is happening. You can take away ice time. You can move them off the top line. Or you can sit them down for a large portion of a game or a large portion of a period. And if we look at some of these techniques, these are techniques that this coaching staff has used on Andre Kuzmenko throughout the year. Um, And, you know, we can even go as far as to look back to the fact that he was a healthy scratch for a game under Bruce Boudreaux, which, you know, now that it's looking like he might be a 40-goal scorer this year seems kind of kind of crazy. But I guess my point is it's not only Rick Tockett that saw these deficiencies in Kuzmenko's game, and there are things that he's going to have to clean up if he wants to be trusted by this head coach and to be a big part of the future with this Canucks team as they try to come into next season and improve on a lot of the issues they've had this year. Because at the very top of that list, not just for Kuzmenko individually, but for the way this team has played this year 
the puck management has not been good enough. And so I understand Rick Tockett really sort of laying the hammer down when it comes to those specific elements of the game. And, you know, also for people that would say that Kuzmenko is the only guy that's getting this sort of punishment, Vitaly Kravtsov just came off being scratched four out of five games. And there are a lot of the same criticisms of his game and the way he's played. So it's not like Kuzmenko is the only one. And I agree with you, Bick, that I think, you know, first of all, any any sort of situation with him and ice time is going to be the focus because he is one of their top offensive players and, you know, a player that has sort of molded himself into a fan favorite here. But it's not like other players aren't receiving some of the similar messaging or, or, or punishment as well. We've seen other guys sat down for stretches in games. It's just that, you know, it's, it's probably a little bit more of a headline when it happens to Kuzmenko. Batch, love it as always, man. Uh, we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thank you. That's Brendan Batchelor, voice of the Canucks, here on Sportsnet 650. You'll hear him later this evening as he gets ready for the Kings and Canucks on these airwaves. TV pregame tonight, you'll see Dan and Sat on television at 7 o'clock leading into the pregame, into the game uh, as well, Canuck Central, about a half hour away. Okay, on the other side, inbox is buzzing right now. We asked you for your free takes. You'll tell us things for free. A lot of good ones coming into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. We got some more amongst ourselves as well here. It's all on the way. It's on the People Show, home of the Canucks, Sportsnet, 650. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drans. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show. It's the People's Show here on Sportsnet 650, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. A lot of thoughts coming into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Fun day today, though. It is Canucks game day, first of a back-to-back. And yet there's, like, no focus on the games. L.A. Anaheim. The dreaded end-of-season California trip. But it's all about telling people things for free. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. All right, so we got a lot of text into the inbox, 650-650. It, it's kind of a modified don't at me for the people show OGs that remember don't at me. Tell you things for free. Inspired by Bo Horvat, who's uh, telling things for free. We're calling this Free Takes. You got a take? Drop it into the inbox. 650-650. Phone us. 604-280-0650. Tell us things for free. They don't have to be sports related. Anything you want. Tell us for free. I started the show. I said, sour cream sucks. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you this for free, too. Winter is better than summer. Tell you that for free. free. Tell you that for free. What else we got? I can tell you that this week at the Masters proved that live golf 
still has some of the best players in the world that can and will beat PGA Tour players in majors. And I will tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. They're charging a pretty penny to prove that. Yeah. Those live golfers. That's strong. We'll get into the Masters because I do want to – look, I was planning the show on – I was planning Monday's show on, like, Friday night. I was like, oh, well, Ben's working. We'll talk about the Masters, all that sort of stuff. So I do want to get to the Masters in a minute here, but free takes continue, Dom. Uh, I can tell you this for free. Uh, if I was called the B-word multiple times with my teammate, I'd punch them in the chest. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> can you say – can you say it on oh, air? Yeah. I don't know. No, no, I don't no? Know. no, we just did. Oh. There it is. I mean, we can test the theory. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. No, Not- I mean with Dom in the office. We can test the theory. Yeah. Not that I'm trying to depend on anyone. I'm just <laughs> reporting news accurately. <laughs> the, like, you pretty much just declared open season for everyone in the office. Be like, hey, Dom, what up? <laughs> <laughs> and now we're just going to see if you would punch us. Hey, Charmite. <laughs> but if I only have to miss one day of work, that's okay. Like, hey, that's not bad. That's not bad. A play-in game where you're probably not going to win anyways? Yeah. Joking. I feel like Dom would win a lot of fights in this office, and I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. I nice. have another one before nice. we move on. Actually, yeah, thank you. Uh, trees falling down at Augusta. That's not good for spectators. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. I'm surprised, like, how big, how widely attended it was the next day. <laughs> you think people are not showing up? I don't know, man. You think they're going to be scared? <laughs> I don't know. Do they do, like, tree checks? The amount of money that these people they spend? They're like, I'm going to, I'm going. Well, was 17 highly populated? Oh, for or, sure. Or are you just like, hey, I'll hang out at 14, right? Like, that tree's not coming down here. <laughs> there was a lot of people it on It brings 17. a whole new meaning to Amen Corner, I'll tell you that yeah. for free. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> That's great. All right, let's get to the inbox. Keep coming in with your guys' as well. Uh, 650-650. One pops in your head. Jump in here. Uh, even if they manage to get Aaron Rodgers, the Jets will be sub-500. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. That one's from Rager. Sorry, I was reading out the text. I'm interested. <laughs> you know what? Only if he gets injured. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt? Yeah, otherwise they're definitely going to have a winning record. Uh, this one, uh, 650-650. Our new captain will be better than our old captain. I'll give you that one for free. Jeff I'll tell you that for free. That hurts with Horvat's voice at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. that was, that, that was layered. That's Jeffro was working on another level on that one. Yeah, that was good. That's, uh, 3D chess. Yeah. Uh, cream eggs are gross. Alistair and Victoria, I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. I'm not I, a cream egg guy. Neither am I. Oh, I, I I think this is the first year I tried not having mini eggs. They're so good. They're they're it's okay, like crap. That yeah, it's so good. Three things that should be outlawed. I, I'll tell you this for free. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> mini eggs, chocolate almonds, oh. and I'm recently addicted to chocolatines. I think they're called the chocolate croissants. So they should like be outlawed. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They're they're too good. We can't have this easy access to these three products. I wish mini eggs were easily accessible. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. Year round. Are they not? Well, like you gotta go to special stores. Like they're not just in the grocery store all the time. Unless oh. I'm going crazy. While we're on the Easter egg uh, tip here, um, the chocolate on a Kinder egg, like surprise egg, heads and tails above any other chocolate out there. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. 
So oh, that's a good take. So the good. Kinder it's Egg really Chocolate. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I know you have like the Kinder Buenos out there and like Kinder. No, this and it's yeah. not the same. It's not the same. Also, the, while I'm on that, the the toys that they've put in Kinder Surprises have gotten worse. Have so, gotten so much worse. Yeah. I'll tell you that for free nine times out of ten. I'll tell you that for free. Because it used to be the turtles, right? Like you would get the, the little figurines. Yeah. Yeah. Those were strong. I yeah. think I still have some of those from back in the day. Uh, this one, Rager, actually, again, Rager's. I always say, like, Rager's the McDavid of the inbox. Like, the volume and consistency. Is and the good. quality. Yeah, and, and the quality, yeah. Uh, free take. Halloween candy chocolate is better than Christmas or Easter. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. Hotly contest. That's a hot take. Not sure. I'm not sure about that one. Not sure. What, you think Christmas candy is better? I mean, give me a Ferrero Rocher. I'll, Halloween I'll candy's just down. so diverse. Yeah. You know what I will say? Like Halloween candy is just miniature version of candy we'd eat, yeah, all year round. Yeah, bite size. That's great though, right? But I, as Dom points out, like a Ferrero Rocher, you're not. If if you go to a house at Halloween and someone's handing out Ferrero Rochers, you're, it's you're the wrong holiday. You're going all the time, right? <laughs> you're you're just doing loops. Christmas uh, time, I don't usually eat turtles year round. Man, a lot of turtle content on the show all of a sudden. But I love turtles. But I only eat them in like a week in December. But they're yeah. available all year round. Yeah. I don't always need a mini crunch or crispy crunch. Interesting. But hey, look, that's Rager's take. He's giving it to us for free. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, Alistair and Victoria. Mr. Brightside is overrated. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. Not going to be is. popular with the downtown female contingent on a Friday night. That song, like whenever it comes on though. Everyone loves it. It's an easy sing-along song. Yeah, it's great. We, we did this thing at the start of the, or at the end of the playoffs last year on the People Show, me, Randy, Jamie. We are arguing about, like, what should the sing-along song be in Rogers Arena, like they did in Colorado. You know, and this was a popular submission because it, it's... Everybody knows it. It hits every single time. My submission low-key? Oh, I'll tell you this one for free. I'll tell you that for free. Oasis, Wonderwall should be the sing-along song. Oh, everyone's just whining in the arena. It's, no, thank you. But everyone knows the words, yeah. and it's good. It's a good song. I got one. The Canucks should go back to Holiday as their goal song. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. You I, I, I thought for a moment there you were telling us there for a charge. Yeah. It was, it was a little spence on the pause. You uh, know what would be a bad idea as the sing-along? Playing good riddance. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, donkey sushi is trash. I'll tell you that for free. Oh, I don't even want to play the sound. You have to. You have That's to. the rule. I'll tell you that for free. He didn't charge us for it. He told us for free. You got to play it. I will say, the 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 Grand Canyon, the chasm between good sushi and bad sushi, is fairly large. Like you can have some pretty bad sushis out there. Mm-hmm. Is that really different than? Other food items? Yes, because the difference between pizza is fairly pizza, smooth. Yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. You don't think so? I don't know. Like, but let's bring Riccio in here for this conversation. Oh. If he was to say bad Italian food versus good Italian food. Ask him the difference between a good spro and a bad spro. Hey, That's he's going to back hour. me up we, on this We one. only have an hour. Yeah, okay. exactly. We only have an hour. Uh, the Avengers are better than the Justice League, and I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. Unsigned text. Unsigned? You're a coward if you don't sign your text. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just sign it with anything. We don't care what the yeah. name is. Like, we say Rager all the time. Just say Bob. Just just put a name on it. Put a name on it, like Herm Edwards. Yeah. Put a name on it. 
Uh, OEL is bad at hockey. I'll tell you that for free. Mike and Willoughby. I'll tell you that for free. You don't know, care what Robo... It's Robo-Bo is what I think yeah. I said earlier. Robo-Bo says, but he's not wrong. I think Mike is also telling us that for free. You know who can't tell you that for free, though? Mike of a Canuck. What? I've never seen a game day where the game itself has been talked about so little, and I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. Man, people are actually like mad that we're doing the segment right now. In the what? Yeah. It's getting annoying. I'll tell you that for free. Unsigned I'll text. tell you that for free. That's just someone who's just having a bad day. Uh, I'll, I like this new segment. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. There it is. Living on a Prayer is the worst fan sing-along song for so many reasons. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. I feel like I'm hitting this button too many times. Maybe. Look, there's so many texts here. Uh, Jared, Bohorvet was right. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. That's not a popular take in Vancouver. Oh, what's this one? I think it is. Uh, Frank Saravelli, I think who's on the show later today uh, on Canuck Central mm -hmm. every Monday. Yep. Frank Saravelli is wrong for preferring pre-shredded cheese over block cheese, Alistair and Victoria. I'll tell you that for free. He is wrong. Shred the cheese yourself. Don't be lazy. I agree. Don't be lazy. And it's, it's cheaper. It's, it's definitely cheaper. better. It smells better. It tastes better. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it tastes way better. What does? When you shred it yourself. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say pre-shredded cheese tastes but better. But I wonder no. is how much work is it worth, basically, to, to put the work in yourself? At least a few bucks. You're paying more for shredded cheese. Pull out the grater. In this economy? Yeah. Grater's just annoying, though. Yeah. What? Why? It, it, it's an annoying instrument. The grater. What? Yeah. Why? Because it like some of it gets stuck on the bottom side and all that. Ugh. And now it's like you sound so lazy. You could put the cooking spray on it to make sure it comes off clean, but now your cheese tastes like cooking spray. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I've it's, never done that. That's, that's enough. Is that something you do? You you can do it if you don't want the cheese. I'm to asking stick. if that's what you do. No, I don't. Okay. Okay. But know, cool. But you you do understand like the cheese gets stuck on the grater. That's annoying. Unsigned text. Frank Shredavelli. That's bad. I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, this one. This kind of feels like a confession Friday at the same time, which I can't wait for the summer. We're bringing that back. Uh, Jeff Remission. Chinese buffet the night before going to a work site without a bathroom is a terrible oh, idea. My. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. That one's... That's like a, that is like a confession. Slash, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that for I'm free. I'm so excited for confession Fridays. Were you here last summer, Ben? Yeah. Man. Remember we were at the Canadians game oh, doing yeah, Confession right. Friday and like all these like kids are walking around the booth and it's <laughs> you and Rain Deep and I'm producing and I was like, this is so awkward right now. Oh man. Someone just texted in, draft picks are overrated, signed Patrick. Tell you that for free. Tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> My ego just took a big hit because Vic didn't remember if I was here last summer. I'll tell you that <laughs> for free. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. I'm not recovering from that one. I'll tell you oh, that for free. Oh, man. Uh, Brandon and Poco, it's hard to tell what's more disappointing. The Canucks season or listening to your show. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. Here's the beauty of uh, Sportsnet 650. We have a number of podcasts that uh, we recommend you listen to should you not enjoy this program. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. Very diplomatic, Tom. Hey, we have options, man. We have options. We got lots of options. Jim, keep this up, and Bo might be asking for some kind of compensation. I'll tell you that for free. He I'll should. Tell you that for free. Is this his 
Gino, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. Oh, for sure. Like, should he mm-hmm. be coining, I'll tell you that for free? But at least Gino, like, stuck to his guns and didn't, like, fold under public pressure. Didn't write back, though. Ugh. That, this is the problem, is Bo Horvat wrote back. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I pissed you guys off. My bad. My bad. It'd be pretty alpha just be like, yeah, I just I said it. I meant it. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Awful. I was trying to think of... Uh... I think I might be misremembering something, so I won't say it. But uh, Kyle Anderson might and Bo- take for later. Kyle Anderson and Bo Horvat would be terrible teammates. I'll tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. Why is that a thing? If if Kyle Anderson played for the Nets, they might cross paths or something like that. This is uh, good for the NHL. I I think it's awesome. I think this is the NHL needs this. You mentioned it. Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert got into a fight yesterday. Oh, it's it's and like. Everyone's kind of moved on. Yeah. This is going to be a lot of content for a while. But like, remember when Draymond punched his teammate? Yeah. yeah. Pool? Yeah. That was huge. There's some controversy in the NHL. This is good. By the way, yeah, the NBA has a hist- long history of teammates punching each other. Bobby Portis punching uh, Meritich and the Bulls. How about Michael uh, Jordan? Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Steve Kerr. Yeah, yeah, Steve Kerr. This, ha- this is a regular occurrence. <laughs> Do you think that NHL players don't fight each other during practice or battle or give each other cheap shots? It doesn't seem like it. Not his, very often. I don't know. Jackson and Abby, his new name should be Pro Bono Bo. I'll okay. tell you that for free. I'll tell you that for free. Oh, man. All right. Good stuff. Into the inbox, 650, 650. There's so many, we can't even get to them all. But thank you for all the submissions. We'll fine-tune it as well. I think it's we, coming back. I feel yeah. like we don't have to hit the bow clip every today, time. Today we had. Yeah, we're working out the kinks. So I hit we'll, it about 125 times in the last 30 minutes, I think. We're, we're working, we'll do this move, moving forward, but we won't hit the, the thing every single yeah. time. What's that uh, that screen you have access to when you watch a hockey game? It's like ClearSight Analytics or whatever. Uh, no, we don't have access to that. We have Live, access to uh, the, the, yeah, the puck tracking data. Yeah. yeah. That's what Ben has with the uh, Bo Horvat clip. I have the power. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the power. Uh, all right. Masters wrapped up. I, I do want to spend a couple of minutes talking about the Masters. Rom, cool as you like, basically. Cool as a cucumber. Yeah. What was the pressure moment for him over the course of the last three days? The pressure moment for him came on the second tee box Thursday afternoon. Yeah. That Looked was like, the pressure moment. Like, that was you, it. Like, you four putt the first hole. You're two over for the tournament. It's go. It's gut check time. And he so then he wins by distance. And he proceeded. On top of that. He proceeded to go nine under in his next seventeen holes to finish the round and shoot sixty five. That was the pressure moment. And I think as soon as he did that, he had the confidence within himself to be like, I'm, I can do this for the rest of the week. And and Kepka faltered over the weekend. He got really lucky with his tee time draw Thursday Friday uh, to kind of avoid the weather. Played exceptional but was unable to sustain that. And when there was some weather on Saturday, he struggled. 29 holes they had to play, I believe, 27 holes maybe on Sunday morning, including the end of their third round. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't striking it well, was struggling off of the tee a little bit, and and Rom was so consistent. It was was impressive. I love that Rom blamed Zach Ertz for the, the, the tough start. That's fantastic. 
Did you guys read that text thread between yeah. Zacherts, JJ Watt, and Rom? It was awesome. Watt tweeted it out, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Watt goes, I said to play like you're playing with us, not play like like us. <laughs> uh, so Phil. Impressive. That's wild. Like yeah. Clubhouse leader, all that. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the live guys. 65 on Sunday. Yeah. And just pulling off shots where you're like, ah, that's that's retro Phil. Classic Phil. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Phil guy myself, but I can very much respect that he's 52 years old and just shot 65 on the Sunday at the Masters. That's ridiculous. Jordan Spieth, again, another fantastic effort at Augusta National, put on a show with paired with Phil. That would have been a very, very fun group to, to walk around with, a lot of birdies. Um, it was impressive. Is, is there one more in his future? Phil? Yeah, major. I don't think so. I, I think this is the only one he could win. Mm-hmm. Uh, U.S. Open too hard. I'm not sure his game's conducive to the British Open anymore. He won the PGA a few years ago back at Kiowa Island. Maybe he gets hot for a few days at Augusta and things happen, but I wouldn't put a lot of money on that. Uh, all right, we got to run here. Sure. Big shout out to Ben with the Masters analysis. Uh, I do want to do one more. Uh, I'll tell you that for free. We don't need to play the clip, but this is a good one. From Trucker Bruce, Cheech is the best. I'll tell you that for free. Had to get that one in for sure. Another game tonight. Get to watch uh, Shorty and Cheech. Also get to listen to Batch and Randeep. 7.30 puck drop on the way. Canuck Central has you until then with the pregame show on TV as well with Sat and Dan. Coming up next here on the Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.